0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hawks and Handsaws. And today, we're going to be talking about books. Well, one book, I Mm -hmm. guess. Not not (laughs) plural. Just one. Um, Yeah, we thought we'd take a break from our usual (laughs) slew of film... I don't know what you want to call it, what we do. <laughs> film critiquing.
1: <laughs> We're taking a break from the random things we do.
0: Yeah. With a new thing. Yeah. With a new random thing. But that's kind of the whole point of Hawks and Handsaws. We tend to do a whole lot of film and television and stuff. And Anyway, this is a an interesting break. Um, and you just so happen to be so obliging as to be able to read the book within a week. that i recommended so that was that was pretty handy too today folks we're going to be talking about um the book called red rising i'm sure many of you have heard of it if there are many of you actually listening um (laughs) but it's a a relatively recent sci-fi um story recent like in, in the past several years i think the guy is still writing books they're written by pierce brown he has five books out right now with the sixth on the way. Um And Red Rising is the first. I was introduced to... I don't remember exactly. I think... Honestly, I think it was like a back-to-school night for parents. And I had one of the parents tell me that he was reading this book called Red Rising and he was really into it. And I said, oh, cool. And I think he recommended I read it. And of course... I rarely take people's recommendations because most of the time people have no clue what I like. And I usually don't like what everybody else likes. Um, But then I think it cropped up again, and I don't remember where. I think another one of my colleagues enjoyed it. So I think it was just kind of on a whim. I rented it from uh, or borrowed it from the library as an audiobook and started listening to it, and I finally finished it. And I uh, actually thoroughly enjoyed myself. So last week I said, hey, Brad, here's a book you might enjoy. And he's like, all right, I'm reading it now. Go.
2: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> we have not talked really about this since you finished. When did you finish? It was Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. So just a few days ago. Your initial overall thoughts.
1: It's uh I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> So uh you you pitched it as a, a slow slow start book. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And it's like, yeah, it's a little slow in the beginning. And uh, you know, things are getting set up, whatever, then it kind of gets into stuff later. And then he compared it to things like the Hunger Games or like this other like dystopian future stuff with like teens doing terrible things to each other, book. You know, that's what you kind of picked yeah, It's but like better. Bad, but better. Yeah. It's the, it's the but better. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So with it with those things in mind, I started this book. And overall, I I enjoyed the book. I, I enjoyed the world building and how where it was going and all of this stuff. And I had a couple a couple qualms about it, and I, like towards the future as a series and like some other stuff. So first off, I don't think it was a slow start for me, but <laughs> I also don't think <laughs> you put up with the books that I've read that have slow starts. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> maybe, maybe. They just they just go on for a long time. It's like, what is maybe? The, the slowest start that I can remember, which may not be that slow anymore, was the, uh, the Eye of the World, the first book of real time i felt like that one just took forever to do anything and i'm like
0: yeah it did take a even, long time
1: i couldn't even def- like tell you who the first like the main characters were in the first hundred pages i'm like i don't even know who anybody is <laughs> you can't i can't remember a name It's too many but this didn't have that um so there was that part and then the the looming thing was the hundred games comparison or whatever but it, it It is like those, but it's not chasing that fad as much somehow. I agree. And I don't know what the difference is.
0: Because that, it seems so obviously the same. But the does. feel is different.
1: The feel is very different. I think it's the, uh, the Hunger Games is very, like, we're just going to punish y'all, you know, and... Yeah. We're going to get all your kids in a room and then we're going to have them kill each other and you're all going to watch and it's going to be real sad. You know why? Because we're in control. We're in charge. You guys all suck. Keep working for us. You know? And, and that's the thing. And like that world just doesn't work for me. You know? Like, Agreed. There was no way that they just got put down that hard. Like people would rather fight and die than watch their kids be killed yearly. You know, like that's, it's not a thing that people would just sign up for and be okay with. Where in this particular book, the, they're, they're kept low by several extreme layers of lies. So they don't know the truth. And the truth they think they know that's kept from them is just the next level of lie on top of the cake, right? There, there's so many layers that nobody is able to break out and see. The truth and therefore they're kept under control that, that that's how that all works and then the the hunger games element where they put all the people in a room all of them volunteered to be there <laughs> and they want to be in the room killing each other which is again a twist where that makes sense why they're there i understand now i understand the motivations so to, to some of my broad feelings here i liked the book and i liked it because everybody who was everybody acted for their own interests with the level of knowledge that they had in an intelligent and meaningful way the entire time. There there were no stupid choices like made without understanding the characters. Like, yeah, I get why that character made a stupid choice, but it wasn't like, Oh, the character is just being stupid. <laughs> right. Like there, there was none of that. Everybody was very intelligent and smart and tricking each other and it, it was a nightmare for a while <laughs> you know because everybody was intelligent
3: uh-huh
1: doing it and that's that makes it so scary like i think of hunger games like how many people just died because of incompetence <laughs> right yeah right and there was very little of that in this because everybody was really smart and everybody had like a skill set that was theirs and like i really enjoyed all of those things so my general feelings
0: Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I surprised, I was surprised that I got into it as much as I did. Um, I yeah. don't generally tend to really enjoy a book. At least I haven't lately. Um, I haven't gotten a new book where I was like, wow, yeah, I'm into this now. And yeah. I think part of the slow start for me was that I wasn't into it yet. Got it. it was just, there was a lot going on, you know, there was action happening. Um, but it was not. It was an action that I cared about because I didn't know the character. I didn't care about the character. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a very interesting thing that when the character starts, he's married, uh, which was a, an atypical start to a a book, I think, especially for a young guy to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's largely had a loving and caring family, um, and it wasn't the situation where it's like. Everyone dies, so he's got to go off and be his own man. Now, there is a death, obviously, (laughs) like there is the significant enough one for him to go off and try and do new things. His wife, of course, dies. Um, but he's still got an uncle, he's still got a mom, he's got a you know, all these other things that are there in place, and he isn't the one that really makes the choice to go and do something more. It's kind of (laughs) foisted upon him, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but then he eventually is like, all right, all right, all right, I'll do this. But presumably this whole time he's got a family somewhere still that Mm -hmm. is possibly wondering about him. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I really, I, I think I told you before you read it, like it's, it's a violent book. <laughs> There's a lot of violence yeah. that goes on, and it's kind of graphic in its descriptions. sometimes. Um, I would think more so than something like The Hunger Games, but I was far more horrified by The hum- Hunger Games than I was by this book, despite the increase in violence. And I think it was because of that thing that you mentioned, right? This unbelievably bleak, and negative world that was somehow created in the Hunger <laughs> Games that didn't seem in the slightest plausible. I agree with you that nobody would agree to live like that. Yeah. I don't know why it was that, you know, you had Rue who died and that caused riots. <laughs> why didn't <laughs> it cause riots for the past several years? This happens every <laughs> stinking year. They knew yeah. Rue was going to die. You know, this was, it was not a plausible world in that. But this one, you're right. These people all wanted to be there. And it wasn't a matter of, it wasn't quite like the Hunger Games in that nature either. It was, they're all here to learn. They don't exactly know what they're learning yet. They just know they've got to conquer each other. And death doesn't have to be part of it. It's kind of thrown in later. Like one guy's like, can we kill people? And they're like, I'm not gonna say no, <laughs> so you know that was it. It was death was part of the equation because the contestants made it so, mm-hmm. and it was all their interactions with each other trying to achieve some bigger goal. It wasn't being put under the thumb of some government. it was these characters themselves trying to get what they wanted um yeah. and if people got in their way, they would, you know, respond that way, which made more sense to me. I agree with you than just children bludgeoning each other f- for no good reason.
1: Yeah. And like, I've, I've gotten old and grumpy, but character <laughs> motivation is very important to me now <laughs> where what people are doing needs to make sense in, in the context based on what we know about those characters. And so, like again, Hunger Games just falls apart when you look at it through that lens. But this one, the uh, the beginning, I read on my Kindle, so the beginning 30% is when I first texted you. I was like, yeah, I'm reading it. It, it seems to be exactly what I expect up to this point, um, where like it, it felt on rails, you know, where I could see things coming a mile away. Like, okay, we're getting set up in this world. Got it um he's doing a very dangerous job he's a hothead guy the government's keeping him down um he won the thing the laurel but he doesn't get it because it's rigged and now he's like finally comes that realization it's like dang it It, his wife is the coolest person ever Mm. and uh tries to cheer him up takes him to a little secret garden he's never seen before and he was just blown away by that because he's never seen greenery and then i guess where the lies start to come into play is like look what they're keeping from us you know look at this this is so cool and uh they share a little you know intimate husband wife moment there and i'm like as soon as that happens like okay she's dead (laughs) (laughs) i don't don't know how but she's dead and then uh, they get caught and i'm like well that was fast like i I expected there'd be more right then and there yeah like okay they're caught bummer you're gonna get lashings okay she's doing weird things she's not going to survive this i don't know how but she's not oh yep. Yeah, okay she's doing the song you know check out song um <laughs> but gotta gotta sing it and like i was very this is the first like, little jarring moment about like there's a a gold dude like they're, they're throughout all the colors you know there's so many little colors and it's very important to the world but it was in the beginning it was frustrating like, i don't know what a gold means But he's got rocket boots, and he's floating around being weird. (laughs) Yes, he does. And I'm like, these people barely have enough, like, band-aids to go around, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And and dudes are flying around in rocket boots. Like, that's weird. I also tried to make rocket boots look scary and, like, regal, you know? But I don't don't know how you stand around with rocket boots and not look like an idiot. But (laughs) I don't know. I couldn't make that work in my head. But Anyway, she sings the song, and the gold dude's like, meh. And then she dies. The The method of dying is, of course, horrific on, on Mars. Because you get yeah. you get hanged, but the gravity isn't enough to break your neck. So all well, your relatives your jump on your legs. family and friends pull you down. Yeah. It'll break your neck for you. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be the worst thing ever. Yeah. I hate that so, so much. But that becomes a huge plot point for a while later. Yes. Um, and so, like up to this point, I'm like, okay, got it. And then he gets drugged by his uncle, and I'm like, okay, he's going to do something stupid, but he's not going to die. Like up to that point, I'm like, okay, so he's going to be saved somehow. He's our main point of view character. He's going to get hanged and then not die for some reason, and then you know the story will start. And then that's where the surprises started rolling in. Right after I sent that text to you, I'm like, yeah, I'm reading the book, and I'm liking it so far. Um, the the level of deception surprised me. It's like, oh, yeah, Mars is actually totally done now. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> it's It's been done for hundreds of years. We just like you guys mining for fuel. I, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, wow, that, that sucks so bad. And then like all the stuff later about the school. So uh, what this really reminded me of is a book I read a few years ago, um, The Name of the Wind. By Patrick Rothfuss, um, I recommend that book to you. Actually, it's a good one. It's okay. a long one, but it's a good book. It's fantasy. Um, it's also about a, like a, a school type
3: thing. The
1: uh, I guess I'm getting to this point early. I was going to make this point later, but The Name <laughs> of the Wind had like this, you know, very bleak opening sequence. Then it gets to the school later and i like and i kind of like that but i i like the intimacy of school settings yeah in and like in like books and so the name of the wind number 2 i don't know what the book's called it's not the name of the wind something else um branches out from the school and it's like a whole bunch of adventures out in the world and stuff and i didn't like it like nearly as much and so i'm i'm afraid for red rising to fall in the same pattern Where, uh, you know, as soon as you you have this intimate school stuff and as soon as you make it grander scale, it feels less of what it started out to be. And I'm a little nervous (laughs) about that.
0: I am so glad you bring this up. Like, sometimes, Brad, (laughs) you completely come out of left field and I have no idea what the heck you were thinking. Other times we are of like one mind. I think this is that time because Perfect. I can think of, like, all the stories, especially the dystopian, you know, teenage the YA fictions, right? You get the Hunger Games. Okay, for its false and unbelievable world, what makes the Hunger Games at least a mildly interesting concept is the arena, right? Mm-hmm. Which is where it's intimate. You have your set characters that can't move around anywhere. You have the team ups, the, everything like that. That's where things get interesting. Um, You've got Harry Potter. They're all at the school. Um, You've got, I think it does the same thing with, um, shoot, what's that series? Percy Jackson, right? They're all at the camp. Totally not a school. It's a summer camp. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, You've got the Maze Runner. Where their shtick was, they're inside the maze and they're trying to get out. It, you know, it's not always necessarily a school, but it's you're you're locked in with your set people, and they're trying to work with each other and solve a problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and those are fantastic. Hunger Games. It just as soon as you got past the second book, the second book they had the second Hunger Games arena thing, but then as soon as they wrote themselves or as soon as Suzanne Collins wrote herself out of a situation where the arena was no longer needed. It wasn't the hunger games anymore. It was just your regular old rebellion, you know? Mm -hmm. And it it was, who cared? Um, Harry Potter. I think it stayed most of the time. It started to get a little bit different at the end. Like book seven, we're just kind of, roaming around places and that's where it felt less like harry potter but i mean you milk six out of seven books that's not so not too bad it's not so bad and it ends
1: at hogwarts so yeah
0: so it i think it stayed true to largely what it was trying to do
1: uh um, yeah, maze runner is, like, is a character almost like uh-huh. it, it adds all the context you know like yes sorry yes this maze runner the, the maze is very interesting. To learn about it, to understand to see how it interacts with our characters and how our characters interact yeah. with it like it's it helps so much and okay. then
0: they escape the maze, and it's like it you have no reference point anymore it's just another right. yep um yeah, it loses the thing which made it interesting. They all have their shtick, which is like, here's my new edition, and then that new edition becomes irrelevant mm-hmm. um. So this one, I totally agree with, dang, now we're out of the school. What do we do? And I'm actually very surprised because I'm in the second book. I don't know, did you start already?
1: Yeah, I'm about three quarters the way through. Holy smokes. I read books (laughs) very fast. Yeah, you do. (laughs) When
0: do you find time? So I
3: think I'm...
1: Go ahead. Books are easy to find time for. They're great.
0: What? Yeah. What do you do with your life? No, like it's. I'm just, an English yeah, teacher. You're... Presumably, I like reading. I don't have time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you have like little moments here and there, and you just pick up your Kindle and like just read a page or two, put it down, carry on stuff, you know, page two, and that's it. That's great. Uh-huh. You know, like it, it takes time to sit down, put on a movie, and like focus on that. But like with reading, I can like between stuff it's great
0: okay well yeah. then i feel like we can ask the follow-up question do you feel like it's lost itself with the second book
3: maybe a little
0: um okay we won't necessarily but, uh, need to get into too much detail because this is primarily about the first
1: but it's with the first i don't know where you are i think you, looking at your bookmark you're further than i am like, i think i'm further um, than you yeah so, um, but that won't be for long. <laughs> not for long. <laughs> no, the, uh, the reason why it's, uh, it's carrying through to the second one pretty well is because of the, uh, the initial conceit of the book, the series, I guess. So um, the whole idea is that the Reds are the, the lowest class. Their job mm-hmm. is to do the most dangerous jobs not know that they're, they're doing the dangerous jobs and kind of die. Die quickly, but keep the fuel coming. And so that's what they do. Um, and so there is a group of people, the sons of Ares, and they're like, we want to stop that. We want people to be free, be equal. And so they, they get your main character, dude, and uh, body modify him real good to blend in with the golds and the golds are the people in charge, in charge of people. And the entire reason why they're doing this is they want him to infiltrate the highest like, tiers of society so he can like, instill change in some way. That's the whole point. And so the school is just a means to an end. And that's the end. Yes. But at the end of the yes. school, that's just his foot in the door to accomplish the mission that he started out on. Right? Yes. In The Hunger Games... You survived the Hunger Games, and what do you get for it? You survived the Hunger Games. Congratulations, you're not dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that happened. Like, conclusion, it's over. Um, but this just, again, it wasn't that. Like, there was enough there to carry to book two. It's like, well, where does he go from here? You know, how does he continue his, his quest for equality or for freedom or for whatever he feels like? Is he, is he being corrupted by being a gold? is he is he not like there's a lot of questions still left unanswered that are interesting to explore so yeah that that carried me to book two and uh yeah we're not talking about book two but it feels less structured so far and it feels a little bit more it it feels like the the characters are keeping more secrets from the readers than it did in the first book but um yes and, and that's kind of frustrating but yeah first book i want to stay focused
0: okay um yeah okay so we've got i think you said we've got this uh the school which is a nice intimate setting but it was a means to an end it wasn't the end in and of itself It wasn't the the backbone of the whole story to begin with right yeah. Um, you brought up some interesting things. So we've got the, the class stratification system. We're in the far future, presumably, and humanity has now somehow become this class system, but it's also like your body is fundamentally different too. So mm-hmm. it's, it, you are essentially a different race. It's, it seems like it's very strange. Yeah. Um, And So I I was trying to figure this out. So we've got, I I don't really know who does what and why each got chosen to do what they do. You've got the golds that are the leaders of everything, but they're not Mm -hmm. just leaders. They're like warrior leaders. They're not politicians. They do politics, but. Well, I guess one of the things that we should probably mention to to the audience here, if they haven't read them before, I'm hoping they have, so we're not destroying everything for them. But but all yeah, the yeah, the can, Roman stuff, that the, <laughs> I know, right? All the Roman stuff that they throw in here, right? Every all the the nomenclature um, mm-hmm. from Roman mythology, um, even the the houses, that kind of stuff. They use the 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 Roman titles and stuff like that um which is kind of cool but i think it's trying to indicate that this is a militaristic society right it's for sure uh i don't know what you call a government based on military a somethingocracy yeah, <laughs> but you get the yeah <laughs> um, but it's you get the idea that it's not just about politics it's i am at the top because I am the cleverest and the strongest. And that's yeah. what the golds are. They're both. They can't just be a brute and they can't just be smart. They've got to have it all. Yeah. And they're supposed to be the, uh, the
1: the pinnacle of humanity, right?
0: Yes. Um, so that's kind of fascinating of why they're there at the top. But then besides them, you also have the fighting classes. The grunt labor fighters, I guess.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, you've got the the greys, you've got the obsidians, and then you've, I don't even know if these other guys were introduced in the first book, but in the second book they're there, and there's the stained, which seems like the upgraded
1: obsidians or something like that. Some, something like that. And I couldn't tell you what the difference between greys and obsidians are either.
0: Yeah, so, but they're all the fighters.
1: The fatter dudes, yeah.
0: And then you've got the pinks, which are like I couldn't figure out exactly what they do, but at least one of them is they're like the the uh, I don't know the the toys. <laughs> That's not the right word for it. What's
1: the? <laughs> no, they're the, they're the the human touch specialists. Okay, sure. This is kind of how I would do the like. Define them because they're not just prostitutes. They're not just like. That, that's the word I was like looking that. for. I couldn't think of. You go into toys instead of prostitutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really could not think of the, the word, but I was well, also trying isn't. to broaden it out too. Like, but it's not yeah. just that, that they do. There's something else yeah. I couldn't figure no, out.
1: They do, they do like chiropractic work. They do like massages, like masseuses. like they do all the stuff where there's humans touching humans.
2: Okay. It's kind, of okay.
1: kind of what they do. Um, yeah and they look real good doing it is the <laughs> other other part i uh, guess and then then you've got yellows that are medical personnel you've got blues that are techie peeps like like yeah. drivers of spaceships and they're like they're all interfaced or whatever and there was a weird line in book to about them but again I, I i didn't quite understand what they were saying about the blues and then you get the reds who were just the the miners and and deep.
0: Is it, is it the greens that are the artisans?
1: I think the greens are the artisans. Yeah. I can't remember which
0: anyway. So they've got all like very stratified, stratified. And they focus, I mean, we focused in on the first book on the reds. That's where we started. Mm -hmm. It's red rising after all. It's all the reds rising above their situation
1: and by all we mean And one. I'm wondering <laughs> what's that? And by all we mean one. One red rising. Yes. Yeah, one their red rising.
0: <laughs> but his aim is to get everybody, you know, up to yeah. his level. And I start started to wonder as soon as the veil was pulled back for us and where things started to be different than you expected for you. Mhm is like, okay, we we lie to the Reds so that they can keep doing what they do. Why are they the only ones that are kept in the dark? Like, we've got pinks, grays, blues, greens, and they all know we're kind of in a terrible situation. We just do everything we do for the Golds. Why, Why do the Reds have to be the ones to be lied to?
3: I don't know. It's a good question. Like I don't.
1: I'm not sure that was answered anywhere, and I don't don't have an. I don't have an answer for you. And like it's it's not like the obvious things. Like well, the Reds are equal to the Golds physically. Like nope, not even close. Small. (laughs) They're they're small and dexterous. Right. That's kind of what they got. Um. But yeah, our main character Darrow had to go through like a ton of surgery. To get even close to being in gold, and it took like months and months <laughs> to get there. So it's not that. Yeah, um, and then
0: like all the physical, um, what's that called? You gotta like
1: physical recover therapy from and training, and
0: yeah. Uh, whatever the physical training, physical therapy. There you go. All the physical therapy yeah. you had to go through, and then the gruesome training afterwards. Grueling yeah. training, not gruesome training. That's slightly different. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and the the gruesome comes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that does come uh, later. <laughs> Ooh, that's a perfect segue. We're doing it. It is <laughs> trivia time. <laughs> okay, trivia time. I'm gonna have
0: to remember okay. where we were leaving off here.
1: Uh, why why are the Reds kept in the dark? Yeah. Okay. But the in the school part of things, mm-hmm. um, we haven't talked about them yet. But one of the Howlers makes it their hobby to scalp their
3: enemies
1: (laughs) i don't remember who that's one of them i don't remember which one and uh i think it was a she but she had a a collection of scalps that she got from her enemies and was very proud of it okay if you were to be scalped do you think your scalp grows Um, back (laughs) does your hair come back What do you do?
3: So, presuming you're still alive. Yeah. Okay.
1: Which, I mean, being scalped is not a fatal wound, necessarily. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, usually in order to be scalped, you you imagine you're incapacitated and you're wondering, you know, it's, yeah. you're not going to be sitting there just like, oh, yeah, go ahead and take the top off there, hon. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a Sorry. significant reason why you're no longer moving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But OK, so presuming somehow you you are alive. Yes. And you no longer have your scalp. Uh, I mean. I'm trying to think of the rest of my body. I don't know. Have I had any large chunks missing? <laughs> <laughs> not not really. Does it grow back? Not in its entirety is my guess. I mean, if you get nicks or chunks or anything out of your skin, I feel like you you scar over, but it's not usually in its... Fullness, you know, like I think I've got on my face like pock marks from um, areas that had been nicked by a razor or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. so I feel like you'd have noticeable area it's not like it's just, oh yeah, my head's back again, so you'd have a noticeable area that would scar over mm-hmm. and then when your hair grow back, I'm thinking, no, it wouldn't grow back because your follicles are gone. <laughs> and i don't know that the scar tissue would be able to do that yeah i mean if someone's got a scar in their head hair doesn't grow there that's my that's my guess it's your
1: guess great sure um according to 16 and 1700 medical documents where that's a lot. they dealt with scalp in the new world they dealt <laughs> with scalping kind of relatively frequently (laughs) as the uh, native (laughs) americans it took offense to people being there scalped a lot of people so um a couple things here the the issue is when when you get scalped according to this frenchman at least the the skull (laughs) is very smooth and it's very difficult for the skin to grow back over a smooth skull and so what happens over time is your skull just becomes you know, weathered from being out and around, because it's just bare <laughs> bone, and it, it eventually like gets infected and cracks, and your brain's exposed, and you die. So, wow, that, that's that's bad.
0: That's but
1: no good. There is a way of dealing with that. You need to score the skull, so like drill little baby holes in your skull everywhere, and because of the roughness your your body tries to heal the bone and in doing so grows new skin with it on top of that oh and so the, the skin from what i'm understanding here is growing directly out of the bone not from the edges of your skin but from like the middle area and it grows fresh new skin from that is what i'm reading and understanding here so
0: Based That's on seventeen hundred cool. science. <laughs> Correct. Because again, they they
1: had this whatever. And according to this article, um this same method is still being is still used today to treat this type of problem. So we haven't advanced our medical science for scalping as far as <laughs> you would think. <laughs> but Bring the out the orbital
0: sander. We got a scal. We've got a spell <laughs> <skull> the <to laughs> score. it up.
1: Anyway, you don't have feeling in any of the skin though, as it grows back, until okay. it connects with the rest of your skin. Oh, so you have a patch of oh, skin that's winch- there.
0: That's interesting,
1: because it doesn't give
0: back. To your, doesn't have to your any brain. circuitry until it connects yeah. to the edges or something.
1: Isn't that crazy cool? It's super cool. Anyway, it's really painful and takes years to do. And you have to like re like treat the area daily to make sure it's not getting infected, right? So it's a mess. But your hair actually grows back according to this, just not as thick as it was before.
0: Wow. Could you could you just do like a skin graft or something?
1: I'm sure you could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> like that like seems like it'd be tech. slightly easier. <laughs> yeah, but I'm assuming you'd probably want to still score the skull to like have it like like adhere better and stuff. Like I'm I'm assuming that's the thing. <laughs> adhere
2: better. <laughs> your skin just peel the back off, off of head. that skin and so. Zo- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> <It is laughs> so you were uh, half, half of a It does grow back. The hair does grow back, but the hair does too. So you got you got half.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay, well, there you have it. All right, well, let's return to the reds and being kept in the dark. Mm-hmm. So, this is a fascinating thing to me and I wonder why and if it'll ever get answered because presumably, you know, this is a series and it seems like he planned it as a series, which is always nice rather than, hey, it was successful, let's add another. Um <laughs> So this is this is good that he's got this idea, and I'm hoping this gets answered somewhere in there. But it does seem odd to me, and I don't know that in my mind I have a way to reconcile it. Um, Maybe this has something to do with it. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems like nobody really rebels either. We've got the Sons of Ares who are this rebel group and we don't know a whole lot about them. We just met like three people. Right. And that's all we know about them. And one of them is kind of battle hardened and angry about life. And the other one's actually kind of nice, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then there's, I don't remember everybody. Then there's a surgeon dude who, doesn't really yeah. care about things. He's just there to make money, I guess.
1: Uh, I think he's more in it for the uh, the satisfaction of creation.
0: Yeah, right. He doesn't. So he's just like everybody else. They, it doesn't seem to matter to them if they're pink or green or blue or whatever. They're content with their station in life and what they do. Yeah. Except for
1: him. the Reds. Well, I mean, they are because they don't know any better. But <laughs> except
0: who um, are the sons of Ares?
1: They did start from the reds. It's true.
0: Aren't they reds? And so. then the very first thing that we hear from Darrow is that his dad is dead. Why is his dad dead? Cause he was singing the forbidden song. And why did his wife die? Cause she sang the forbidden song. Mm-hmm. And so there's like, and even while going around, there's all these rumblings of discontent, you know, and people like they have their things that they do to rebel against their stations, even when they think that they are preparing Mars to be a habitable place for humanity. So it seems to me somehow the lowest of the low, the reds, are the more are the most likely to rebel
1: yeah you're right and like uh, all the other colors like after the broadcast of eo singing they hadn't heard the song before no
0: nope.
1: like they weren't like oh she sang the forbidden song you know and that's why she died that makes sense to me it's like no this was all new to them the reds right? they knew but the nobody else knew, did but none of the other colors seemed to know which is interesting um is it because their job sucks
0: is doesn't it, everybody's like pink i would imagine that's the worst
1: yeah but if you were bred for that and like trained for that and it's like your life you know like the reds like well no, like, like the, the the reds are yes the same but their job is to drill down into like the most dangerous places where you're getting attacked by like freaking evil snakes, snakes. of doom And like you're dealing with exploding pockets and you're like melting the entire time. Like it's, it's a little bit different than being, (laughs) you know, like a a prostitute, like in in our real world, we have people that elect to be prostitutes, (laughs) you know, and like sometimes it's forced upon people because of circumstance, but some people do elect to do that, um, do people elect to be drillers in the dirt with evil snakes, like next to the core of the earth thing? Like, uh, maybe, maybe we do if they get like a lot of hazard pay, but they're not paying the Reds anything, but they pay everybody else stuff. Yeah. You know? And so like, but it's still expected of them.
0: I feel like in the situation with, I don't know, like prostitution or whatever, it's It's one thing to go into it of your own volition and get paid for it and be free to leave it as you will. It's another thing that you have, you're forced into it. You have no other option, which is, you know, what we've got now even still. But that's like, we're getting to trafficking status. And everyone knows that's like the worst thing ever. It's true. And I feel like that's what the pinks are.
3: Again, this is where I I think the colors
1: rub me wrong, like the wrong way a little bit, because what if you're just not good at that thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yes.
0: It's not a matter of they're born and you take an aptitude test and then you're assigned. It's this is who you are generationally.
1: Yeah. So I wonder if there's something genetically going on that makes that more okay for them.
3: You know?
0: Yeah. I don't know. But this is perhaps a good segue into uh the character of the jackal. Yeah. Because he I don't know, he was an interesting character to me, but he's a gold, but he's not good at being a gold or even Severo. Right. The two of them are not what you expect a gold to be. Right. The Jackal's the son of the head honcho, the arch governor of all Mars. And. And of course the one that
1: killed the main character's wife.
0: Yes. Yes. The one that we're trying to get back at. Um, So he's the son of that guy. And, um, in, in here, we hear about him as a character before we ever see him, but he's like, his name's whispered, you know, oh, the jackal, he's scary. He's intimidating. And you're like, oh, I'm going to meet this monster of a dude who's just terrifying. And (laughs) we actually meet him before we know we meet him <laughs> because he's sneaky. He's not actually a terrifying person. Uh, well, okay. I take that back. He is a terrifying he's, person, he's a terrifying but person, in a different yeah. way.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And like the, the introduction of him was, I thought really cool. Cause it was the whispers at first. And then we see like a Lieutenant or whatever of the Jackal. And she's like this, you know, like kind of not all there girl i say girls are all like 16 right um and she has like teeth woven into her hair Mm -hmm. as she's riding around on her horse and like she's just completely not there she just follows her orders directly to the letter ignores anything that deviates from that and it's just generally super creepy you know and like this is the messenger The jackal sent like yeah go send a message that's how important you are and this is how creepy they are already like the jackal's got to be levels above you know so like his character was handled really well i thought the entire time but you're right but the uh i would argue at least for the golds they have a very efficient way of getting rid of non-gold people (laughs) you know like
0: hit them against each other
1: Yeah, so like to to get into the school, um, half the student body dies like the first day, you know? And so in their pursuit of the strongest and the fittest, taking out 50% is pretty effective, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, but they don't have that for any other color. Right. Which is interesting. So it's also a problem to have too many leaders, I guess. Yeah. But...
0: But, but yeah, this is, I don't know. So I I guess my question for you is the hunger games didn't work for you. Yeah. Wasn't a believable world. This class stratified system that we're presented with here. Is this believable
1: to you? It's the hardest part for me to believe up to this point. Um, Yeah, I think it's the hardest part, the, the the weakest point of the story, is the there are so many colors that are specifically good at those things, and they are always good at those things. And this is getting into book two stuff, so I, I don't know, but but book two kind of shows a different side to some of the colors, in a little bit, in like a few ways, but um in in book one all we have is gold we have reds and golds we, we don't really see much else
0: so, yeah not really
1: yeah I don't know but in, in book two it, for me it's starting to be like oh, I don't know about that <laughs> as much but it, it's totally forgivable the, the things that are to me loopholes or like weaker parts of the story I'm like yeah okay I, I can get over that um, my biggest frustration with the first book was towards the end, um, you know, even the teachers, the proctors are all in the pocket of the governor, right, mm-hmm. to, to help out the jackal. The jackal didn't seem to need help. You know, like why not just let your kid do his thing? He's and then like come in later if he's losing and then bribe everybody. But this kid is ruthless. You know, like, he would have done nearly as well by himself, I feel like. But you hamstrung all of his chances by giving an opportunity for him to be found out as being, like, a traitor. You know, he left himself open, which seemed weird. But
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know how (laughs) I feel about that. Like, okay, so you're talking about how... All of the coaches, essentially, pretty much each house that they're assigned to, they all have their coaches. I forget what they're called. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of funny because they all live on Mount Olympus. <laughs> so it's like the the place where all the gods dwell. Um, a lot of imagery and um, Roman allusions that we've got going on there, Roman and Greek allusions. And yeah. so they're all in the pocket of the arch governor to make sure that his kid wins this whole thing. And I, I don't know that he would have done well without help. Like he is ruthless. He's got his own special brand of cleverness. He's not ruthless in being like a warlord though, which is what you expect him to be from what you hear about him. Right. He's ruthless in that he's like cold and unfeeling and clever. Um, Just knowing the ins and outs and how to work people and stay alive. And the only the- reason I think he stayed alive wasn't because he was like rallying troops and cowing them and stuff like that. It's because he ate people. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he was at the brink. He he wasn't going to make it. And he survived by eating other people in the... Yeah, other students in the place. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, of his own accord, would he have made
1: it? Maybe. It's just... It seems so heavy-handed. And, and I guess from every everything else we've seen about the society, it wouldn't have mattered if it wasn't for our main character. Right. I think that's probably what the, uh,
2: okay, the reality yeah. of the
1: matter is. That's why I kind of like it bugs me, but it doesn't because this has probably happened before and it'll happen again, but nobody's ever questioned it. This is part of the game. Right. Yeah. And so I can kind of see that, but I don't know. I kind of, kind of bugged me a little bit. The, uh, <laughs> the, the the opening few days of, of the school, so the this, this school is a loose term. It's 12 castles on a battlefield, and you're supposed to win. to <laughs> take over yep. the whole thing. That's the goal. And, and there's no instruction. The coaches scariest all Scariest
0: game of capture the flag ever. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so uh, the first couple of days, they just kind of argue amongst themselves in their castle because they don't know how to do anything. or how this game works and like that's kind of believable what would i do in that situation what would i do in that situation when i was 16 um you (laughs) know like it's just a lot of huh there's a lot of what would i do which which was kind of fun uh you mentioned battle tactics so i was watching for those um Uh most of them were pretty good again there was some convenience in there some plans off screen that came to fruition to me okay the uh least believable one was the one of the castles being taken over and there's a field of dead horses in the mud and (laughs) uh so like they left the gates open and it had been established that the gates are really slow to close and they had a duel outside and uh <laughs> Did D- Darrow has plot armor or something? Like he, he can just duel anybody and win. And yes. and that's fine. Like this guy beat me, he's stronger, he's faster, he's more well trained. But I'm the main character, so I'm gonna win. I'm like, okay, sure. Go ahead, main character. And then like in this particular battle, he had a plan, he had a trap set, and then he decided, no, I'm gonna win this duel fairly first, and then spring the trap. <laughs> <And> then, like, <laughs> okay, sure, dude. And the trap was him giving the signal. And then up 20, 20 students ripped themselves out of 20 horse carcasses and rushed <laughs> the gates. And I'm like, I just don't think you can sneak 20 people into the 20 horses and not have anybody notice. Like that's just way too difficult. What are you putting all the insides? You just carting out like 20 horses worth of guts somewhere. And like, nobody notices. <laughs> All the foot, all the footprints, all the digging, all the whatever. How do you breathe inside a horse carcass that's been sewn closed? Like, especially for hours and hours until this duel. Like, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy that.
0: (laughs) But it is totally like Greek and Roman
1: in its inspiration. One hundred percent, and it is totally appropriate for the people in the horses. So yeah yeah the Severo and the the howlers so kind of rolled my eyes at that one a little bit um, assaulting olympus was fun
3: and yeah i love that part
1: with, and messing with the coaches <laughs> was fun the proctors yeah it's yeah. like
0: the point of the game is no longer the point of the game we're taking <laughs> <laughs> you know we're taking the, the stronghold here the yeah. we're taking all the coaches down <laughs>
1: You're like, yeah <laughs> that, that was super fun. And then uh Yeah. The the love interest must have uh-huh. she, she was the, the the primus or the uh, domina of her house and uh main character did some shenanigans and took over her her house, but she escaped and while he was chasing her with creepy, really mean guy. He he saw her in the mud or the, or the bushes or whatever, and they made eye contact. And then he's like, "I'm with the creepy guy. It's going to be mean. Let's just tell like her, we didn't see her. Move we on." And then, uh, yeah, when when Cassius came over and stabbed him, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> she's gonna save then, him." But I'm like, "Yeah, she's gonna save him. I get it." But I didn't expect it to be such a a big deal. Like it became a whole thing and then like a whole relationship. I'm like oh, okay, this isn't just a another lieutenant, another whatever that he's been gathering. This is something different, mm-hmm. um, which has been really interesting. And then book two is you know book twoing that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of <laughs> cool. the The reveal at the end, like I knew there was something between. Her and the jackal because it was very obviously established. I didn't know what. I'm like siblings, maybe.
3: That was my guess. They're twins, so I was close.
1: So yeah, but, they are siblings. <laughs> I, I guess it is siblings. Huh? <laughs> Dang it! But yeah, but but like the, will she betray him? Won't she? Like that. That was a really fun moment, and then uh, her ultimate loyalty was fun yeah twin brother was fun yeah
0: look at that well i mean i like that they threw that in there that it was like oh no but better yet i i like that it's stuck to its guns like Mm -hmm. it would not have made sense for her to betray darrow at that point right and so that she stayed true to him and it's like yeah you know i (laughs) i gave you my brother (laughs) because i trust you more yeah and I was like, yes, that's the way it should have been. So it was mm-hmm. their whole character motivation thing again. It made sense. People acted the way they should have.
1: Yeah. And that was the my impression the whole way through with the, I'm not sure the exception, but when they retook the Castle of Mars or whatever, and I think it was called something else, but um, Cassius was there. He does his little blood feud
3: thing. And I'm like, is that in character? I don't think so.
0: Maybe. Cassius Uh, was the only character I had issues with his behavior, even from the very beginning, you know, where he's like wondering about his brother. Like, did he really expect his brother to survive? After knowing what he went through?
1: He said that, like, yeah, he had uh, he gone through training, you know, like he wasn't as good as he could have been, but, you know, he tried hard. He was earnest about it. You know, like he had that old conversation with Darrow at some point. Where-
2: he
0: did, but like, I don't know. And then just him from the get-go thinking, whoever killed my brother's going down. I understand the emotional trauma that that would have been initially, sure. But yeah. then after knowing what everybody else went through and that you yourself had to go through that same process of just duking it out to the death with some one other random person in a room, I I feel like he's a relatively reasonable person and would yeah. have understood to some extent, especially with the close bond that he had with Darrow. And he never does, which...
3: I don't know that I don't know how I feel about that, yeah, out of all the characters, who's your favorite? It's a lot of characters, um, there were a lot of characters i I like Mustang because she's cool but she's not my favorite probably main
1: character is pretty cool I want to come back to that Severo's up there of course (laughs) Um, dude he's so great (laughs) (laughs) I really like that guy Uh,
3: it's probably Severo out of all of them yeah like uh, Roke or whatever didn't have to really much a like on. Rook Roke was good,
1: but I don't know. It wasn't like a standout character for me. Um, Quinn was cool. I liked Quinn. It's unfair that she recommended me a book with Leah. Like, that's just oh, not fair. Sorry.
0: That wasn't on <laughs> purpose. It's even the
1: same spelling, isn't it? It is. She died. Yeah, she that had was bad. her not throat good. cut. Uh, um, Antonia was a good character, didn't like her character, but she was a good character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Fitchner was fine.
3: <laughs> he's kind
1: of funny, he's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I think probably several because he's yeah. the uh, he's the unexpected one that's just yeah. making it work, you know. And like everything you hear about him is like, he did that only a crazy person to do that but yeah but
0: and he that he doesn't... just he does things of his own accord right yeah. <laughs> like he's like what do you think i've been doing this whole time <laughs> hanging out in the bushes <laughs> and they're like well yeah we kind of did <laughs> but no he's been like reconnoitering and all this stuff he's been yeah. doing really and i think that's his strength right is that everyone underestimates him Mm-hmm. And, uh, he plays it off real well and he doesn't take anyone's guff. (laughs) No, (laughs) he just, he'll tell it straight. He's the most, as much as I don't generally like this sort of thing, he's the most foul mouth gold out there. (laughs) 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 And it's funny when he does it. Uh, Um, but the fact that someone like him decides to follow Darrow, like to the ends of the earth is like heartwarming. It's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So coming back to Darrow, you said that you like Darrow. I feel like in a lot of these YA fantasies that this seems to be um inspired by, but also this one's not YA because it's far too violent for that. <laughs> um yeah. it, I feel like a a big pitfall of all these is how idiotic the main character is. Do you feel like that's a that's that's the case with this book? No,
1: I don't think so at all because uh the main character is intelligent and to make this book have drama and conflict, it seems like every adversary is intelligent. Or mm-hmm. if not intelligent, they have more resources. They have more Something, and that's a challenge to overcome. Even if you're a smart person, <laughs> even if you're doing mm-hmm, your best okay. to like, and, that, and that's why it works. But yeah, like I, I understand this character, and I think he's an intelligent character. So, yeah, it it, it works for me because he's he he tries and fails several times in the beginning of this game. <laughs> You know, he tries one way, starts to work a little bit, tries something else, totally fails. Um, he, he ends up getting stabbed and left for dead, like we talked about, you know? And like, he has to start over from scratch. Yeah. You know,
0: like. But he also and, decides to do it differently. Do it differently. Because he
1: learned, you know? Yeah. Like, that didn't work. He he analyzed it. What didn't work about it? Okay, let's try something different. You know? And, like, and to be with the help of process.
0: Mustang, too.
1: The help of Mustang, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's. That's Really
3: cool, I agree. I and think, he's a, think of,
0: he's a solid main character,
1: yeah, but that has growth and learned stuff. Like, I'm trying to think of Katniss Everdeen, like, what does she learn and grow about in during the Hunger Games? Like, she's I don't good want at to die. stuff. I, I still don't want to die. I have a new way of figuring out how not to die, <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, that, and that's she's like,
0: pretty selfish, yeah. And lacking in personality. Darrow, like, he has humorous moments. Yeah. And he has touching moments with other characters. Like, he has genuine concern for them, which is nice, especially considering that he is a red. He's infiltrating this group to take everyone that you interact with beyond a certain point in the book down. Mm -hmm. And as the. Suppressed minority, if we want to call it that, he has come to understand these people more than he did before, and grow to love them. Yeah, even though they're his enemies. Yeah, that that's tremendous, like growth and emotional stability, and understanding of the world around him. We, I feel like we tend to get a lot of uh, his emotional turmoil because it is written in first person, Mm -hmm. so. We, we get all this stuff at, that he's feeling on the inside and because of that, we think of him a certain way, but then when he actually does things in the world, it's not always what he was thinking internally. And I mm-hmm. kind of like that too. You know, he's much more bold and straightforward and let's go do this when he's acting and he's working through things and timid and torn internally which is, I feel like, what the real a real person would be like. You work it all out in your head, and then you do it. <laughs> you know?
1: Well, yeah, and there's another layer to that. Because he's afraid of being found out if he's uh-huh. too emotional, if he's too caring, right? Golds are just ruthless leaders, you know, and they, they need to acquire power and like, take over that way. And so every time he's being like reaching out to somebody in an emotional way, he's afraid of being caught. He's afraid of being like, that's not very gold of you. Like, you know, like that's that's part of the reason why there's so much disconnect between action and internal thought because he's, it's part of the subterfuge to some yeah. extent. And, yeah. and so like there's multiple layers to it, which again makes it interesting. It's like, if he did share a touch more, could he have gotten away with it? I don't know. I don't know. But in the end of the book, he's fully embracing it. Like we're doing things differently. And yeah. uh, that that's exemplified at the end where bad guy governor is like, hey, I want you to be one of my family. And he's like, well, I want my people with me. And they're going to stay loyal to me. And he's like, you stupid kid. No, they're not. It's <laughs> just a school. And he's like, no, 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 you don't get it. I did something different down there than anybody's ever done before. And, you know. That's part of the YA fantasy of, like, yeah. upstart youth beating the adults, <laughs> which is yeah. classic. But in this case, yeah, I could see it. Like, it's the... These people have lost their humanity. I think they mentioned, like, the golds are the best at everything besides empathy. I think it might be booked. Mm-hmm. But, um,
3: yeah. And Daryl having empathy just gets people to follow him and that's a a cool thing yeah it's a cool thing I agree
0: I love though you're right they're like oh it's just a school and he says I've done something that's never been done yeah sure kid whatever but no legit like the dude decided to not play by the rules of the game and exit the game (laughs) (laughs) and attack the trainers and they're at their home base like that was cool (laughs) that was so
1: cool and at the same time he still won the game
0: (laughs) yeah did both and it was so fantastic i love that it was
1: great yeah
0: i I fully enjoy being surprised by the main character Mm mm-hmm you know, like there are twists, and that he had this plan and he's following it through, and you're like, oh, that was cool. And it gives mm-hmm. me this respect for the main character. Like, he actually has plans, he's actually yeah. smart, he's actually doing mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, not just some hapless idiot who falls into this stuff. Harry Potter is often in ha- a hapless <laughs> character, <laughs> just things fall in his lap. This mm-hmm. guy, though he actually makes things work for him and he works hard to make it turn out right. And sometimes you said it doesn't. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I really, I really enjoy him as a main character. I've been very impressed. That's gotta be hard to write a good main character.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. And the, the number of traps that happened in this book of like, I just walked into a trap. I just laid a trap. Like the, the, the trap, Count was super high. <laughs> yeah. But every time before the trap was sprung, Darrow noticed a clue or a hint that this was about to be a trap and then prepared himself for it. Like the, the Cassius thing, when they were just riding out together, he yeah. noticed that Cassius had two blades. And he's like, why would you ever carry two blades? One of and us, it's just for the me, two of us, this,
0: and we're going out in the middle <laughs> of the night. Dang it.
1: <laughs> Dang it. And so he started mentally preparing himself for it. Um, when he went out to uh, follow Leah or whatever, like the, the dude fell in the ditch, you know, as he's running, he's like, there's something off about this. And so he just dove into the bushes. Like, yeah, just which is awesome. Yeah, because he, he reacted based on his instincts and they like, got out of there. You know, there wasn't the run up into the clearing. Oh, she has a hostage. That whole like, no, 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 don't kill her. Oh, like that cliche scene, you know, that, that, yep. that didn't happen. It was worse than that but yeah it gave our main character intelligence and yeah there was no other way unfortunately so like
3: that's cool yeah it's cool to see
0: all right well those of you who haven't read red rising you have now read red rising <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there are quite a few other things in there that I think are, are worth reading through. We may have spoiled a few things if you haven't, but there's there's so much that goes on. The, the the journey itself is pretty fun. There's a few other characters in there, too, that are worth, I think, probably secondary to several for me is Pax. Mm. I really enjoy Pax. Um, Pax is good. He's a fun guy. And uh, even Fitchner's kind of fun. Kind of I, I enjoy him kind of giving up his other trainers to, to this young <laughs> upstart. Like, all right, you want to do it? Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, go for
1: it. Go for it. Oh, there, there was one other thing about this book that struck me as unique. Um, you mentioned a lot happened. This is a four hundred page book. That's mm-hmm. that's a book, but it's not a long book. And. and the books that I read again. We have King's Thousand Pages, it's, it's kind of my <laughs> my standard. But um, this one a lot happened, and the the author had a way of we're, we're having some dialogue back and forth back, and let me summarize the rest of it for you, okay? <laughs> and yeah. Darrow explained the rest of his plan to this and told everybody what happened, and then they moved on. And I'm like, okay, so you're we're we're just moving on, right? Yep. The, the, the author got tired, didn't think the pacing was working in this conversation, didn't want it to be a long exposition dump, so let's just have three lines. Dara said everything that was important, moving on now. <laughs> okay, okay, great. I don't think I've seen that before.
0: He does jump around. Yeah. It's interesting. Saying like, all right, time jump. <laughs> We're moving mm-hmm. ahead. It's done now.
1: Yeah. yeah. It feels like in, in Harry Potter... You know, like it. you go to like a, a potions class and Snape's like, all right, welcome everybody to class, except for you, Harry, you suck. He slaps Harry across the face. And then, <laughs> you know, they do, they do some potions stuff and Harry learns something important about potions and then they move on to the next class. Like, it's just like, and we're summarizing, like it started off a dialogue, but like you just, we're cutting, we're cutting to the next day, the next week, the next month. We're just, we're just moving on because <laughs> uh-huh. there's nothing exciting happening worth your time right now. Right? this is all over the place, but it worked for me. I'm like, okay, got it.
0: Yeah. I was all right yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed how they, uh, kept to the relevant parts. Didn't give yeah. more than needed be. They, and, I mean, and he filled in like around. the
1: summary part with just enough. Like he, he trusted his readers. Like this is what happened in the intervening time. You can fill in the gaps. Let's get back to the action. <laughs>
3: yeah. and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So yeah. Alright.
0: Well, I'm glad you uh glad you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I'm glad I enjoyed it too. And I would not think that you would recommend a book like this because it was it has a lot of language and a lot of very crude things in it, like a lot. <laughs> and I, it's surprising that you, you recommended it to me. But yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I mean it has some things I don't particularly enjoy within it. Um, <laughs> it, it is pretty violent. Um, <clears throat> crude. I feel like as far as crude goes, like most of it happens off screen, I think. I'm trying to remember.
1: I thought the crude is more on screen. I feel, I feel like the sexual graphicness is all off screen. But okay. there's plenty of crude comments thrown back and forth.
0: There is that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All of these sexual abuse and rape is off screen. <laughs> Thankfully.
0: Yeah. But, uh, oh, I mean, how much of that's coming from Sevro, though? <laughs> A lot of I it's mean, coming from Sevro. Sure. And he's kind of funny. So it's, it's more <laughs> forgivable. <isn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Sorry, you're
1: trying to rap like three times. I'll let you rap now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. I did just want to say, though, that there is, as far as the writing goes for this series, it's I think it's pretty intelligently written. This has been mm-hmm. thought about and put together well. It has clever person-to-person interactions, um, and it has funny moments, too. And that's one thing that I really enjoy, I feel like, Humor is very difficult. And a lot of the people who create new worlds, they're just the nerdy guys that sit at home thinking about how cool this would look and have no sense of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, these, this first book and now in the second book is very well thought out and how the people interact with each other and how humor comes off to people too. And I've LOL'd a few times, you know, in these books, <laughs> like,
2: <"Bah." laughs> that was good.
0: Um, I, it's, there's nothing worse than like an author trying to infuse humor into their books and it lands flat. You're just like, I know you were trying to be funny, but all I see is that nerdy guy trying to be funny and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if, that, if I explained that well, but anyway. Good book. Y'all should read it. Brad's uh, warning was important for those of you that are our family-friendly audience. It is violent. (laughs) 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 Bear that in mind. Probably more violent than The Hunger Games, but less shocking than The Hunger Games um, Mm -hmm. because of how the violence is used in context. And uh, yeah, there's, there's crude stuff. There's some language. Some of the language is actually invented language. So there's that. But anyway, with that uh <laughs> with that uh what disclaimer.
1: do you call that? What's that?
0: Yeah, disclaimer. I was gonna say grain of salt. There you go. Take it with a grain of salt to our opinions here. But we'll uh we'll see you all next time or talk to you all next time. Man, we really got to work on our uh, pat phrases. They just don't work sometimes.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Take care, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye.